where everybody in the media auditorium is like, do you want to ask him? You heard someone. Do you want- <laughs> <clears throat> Little sniffles. And then you have to wait for the, I've been in that room. I mean, back, that's back when Lee Remmel, remember the Lee Remmel? He's the point. PR guy, right? right when, when it got dead for a moment or when coach was particularly salty, be like, that about do it? Okay, thanks, coach. <laughs> <laughs> Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. Ready to get your honey on. Special event flying into the Hilton Milwaukee City Center. Debbie Lazica has the latest buzz. And bourbon are on the menu at the Milwaukee Chop House October 4th. Well, not exactly bees. We'll be featuring the um, honey that we have here behind us and along with some of our herbs. I have a six-course menu. Hilton Milwaukee City Center's executive chef Dan Granite has worked with local beekeeper Robert McKinney from MJD Apiary to get their honey truly hyper-local. This all started off, Robert came to us, I want to say about right before the pandemic. He wanted to set up a couple hives. We looked all around the building and wondering where we could possibly do this. And we came up to the structure and was like, okay, here, let's go ahead and do this. The structure he's talking about is actually the hotel's parking structure. The hives are set up on the top floor alongside a lovely herb garden also used in the menu. Milwaukeeans can get the opportunity to learn more about these incredible pollinators while sipping bourbon. We'll start off here up on the uh, rooftop with a couple of appetizers and uh, bourbons that we've paired and be going down to the chop house and having the rest of the dinner there. It's a honey-infused menu that includes salmon, seared duck, and other delectable tasties. I'm doing a chicken sausage honey. Um, it's not everything's just to be totally honey-based, so we'll do a little bit more bourbon-based also. Um, sea bass, um, so that'll be, the honey will be in the sauce, and oh, the dessert, banana bourbon bacon pudding cake. And the type of honey used makes all the difference in the world. Not all honeys are the same. It's really apparent in the rich flavor that comes out of it, and even just some of the tannins that are in the honey itself. Depending upon where the bees are being pollinated from, it can either be really a little bit more bitter, it could be a little bit sweeter, it could be, you know, have a little bit more of a flower type flavor. So it works really well with some of our dishes that we have. Many of the courses are paired with a variety of bourbons and specialty cocktails as well. Some I got to try myself. Now, I'm not a Brussels sprouts person, but the roasted ones with the honey glaze on it was amazing. So if you're at all curious about this cool event, we've got all the info you need at WTMJ.com. Debbie Lazaga, WTMJ News. We had an important takeaway there too, Deb. If you want to, you know, need to eat healthier, just a little taste of something extra. Help that help those oh, Brussels yeah. sprouts go down. Yes, sir, <laughs> definitely. They're amazing, honestly. I mean, it's like fried crispy on the outside. Just just go, people. Just sign up and go, because it's amazing. Sounds tasty. Sports brought to you by Wisconsin Harley-Davidson in Oconomowoc, your destination dealer. It's still summer in Wisconsin, and Wisconsin Harley-Davidson. Now, time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Mike Spaulding. Well, that sucked. Hands it off and into the end zone. Goes Montgomery. Goes Montgomery. That's a less than enthused Al Michaels putting a capper on the Packers. 34 to 20. Man, he is not happy about doing those Thursday night games. (laughs) 
Packers also not also very interested in being there. They lost 34 <laughs> to 20 last night. They couldn't be bothered. The team had just about as much juice as Al did during that first half. How Packers, late is this going to go? Yeah, they're outscored 27 to threes. No steakhouse is open in Green Bay after the game. That's what he was worried about. <laughs> They were also out yarded 284 to 21 during the first half. Here's head coach Matt LaFleur. It wasn't good enough. They whipped us, they manhandled us. Again, if I knew the answer to that, it wouldn't have happened. That's the old head ball coach. He did change his tune a <laughs> and the long little pause bit. After. Yeah, that pregnant pause. Where everybody in the media auditorium is like, do you want to ask him? You next, heard someone. Do you want- <laughs> <clears throat> little sniffles. And then you have to wait for the. I've been in that room. I mean, back. That's back when Lee Remmel. Remember the Lee Remmel. Do the point the PR guy, right? Uh, when, when it got dead for a moment, or when Coach was particularly salty, be like, "That about do it." Okay, thanks, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> the early rap. Oh. Okay, that about do it. In his defense, there wasn't a lot to be happy about in I mean, that first half. Ask? They did turn it around a little bit. If you're looking for any silver lining, the opening drive, of the third quarter, twelve plays, eighty-six yards. Christian Watson getting on the board with his first touchdown. Of the season, Packers, though, ultimately unable to pull off their second double-digit comeback in as many weeks. Packers do get a couple extra days to reflect on the beatdown last night. They're off till Monday, October 9th. They'll be in Las Vegas to take on the Raiders. in Or on the baseball diamond, I should say, things going much better for your Milwaukee Brewers. Popped him up. It's playable. Contreras. And this one is over it was over. Three to nothing. Brewers beat the Cardinals Thursday, and with the benefit of an NL Central Division crowned in their back pocket, the team's next meaningful baseball will be on Tuesday. That's the beginning of the NL Wild Card series. That'll be a home series for the crew. Manager Craig Council says he's going to be using the team's last three games of the regular season to give some regular starters a bit of rest. Woody will throw um, and some. Uh, we got a bunch of pitchers thrown tomorrow, um, and he will take part in something pregame tomorrow. Um, and we're just going to skip Freddie here. You know, kind of similar to what we did pre-All-Star break with Freddie, essentially. Just get him extra days rest, essentially. It flew a bit under the radar as well, guys. The Brewers did welcome back Garrett Mitchell. He played in his first game since he suffered a shoulder injury good. back in April. Double in his first at-bat. Also added two walks. Yesterday, the Brewers, again, they host the Cubs for the final series of the regular season. Coverage tonight at 6.35. And the Bucks giving you an opportunity to at least wave to their newest addition, that being Damian Lillard. He'll be in Milwaukee tomorrow. There's going to be a welcome plot or welcome event, I should say, at Serve Forum. Coming up, what are the prospects of a government shutdown? Who will be affected by that? That story next on Wisconsin's Morning News. on Wisconsin's Morning News. Now, I had placed the moratorium on discussing the government shutdown on Wisconsin's Morning News last week. Mm -hmm. I'm like, let me know when we get close. Well, here we are now. Now we have to get to it. That's right. The clock is ticking down. All eyes, Vince, all eyes are on Capitol Hill. The looming government shutdown is midnight on Saturday night if they can't come up with a bunch of deals. Doesn't look like that's going to happen. So if the shutdown could speak, this is what it would say. I am inevitable. It is inevitable. Why? That's what all the lawmakers say. Uh, Unfortunately, Kevin McCarthy's not Iron Man. So lawmakers are frantically working on several measures they believe will help avoid the looming government shutdown. Now, House Speaker McCarthy appeared optimistic last night. 
thinking that maybe to, they could to get whom something did he done. appear optimistic? <laughs> so Republicans did All vote as well. They voted on three spending bills overnight, but there's little chance that any of those make it in the Senate. Meanwhile, the Senate is moving ahead with a bipartisan, but the measure includes more funding for Ukraine, which is a non-starter for some Republicans. So because of that, you have non-starters on both sides. This is what happens when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object. Yeah, all right. I don't know who the joker is, though. Uh, McCarthy's plan to get short-term spending proposals to the chamber floor today is now facing resistance from a lot of Republicans, including Congressman Gates. We'll get to him in a second. But McCarthy says there's always a plan B. In this job, you've got to have A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. But House Republicans are saying... F, U. It's not <laughs> happening. So We don't like D, C, E, any of those, <laughs> right? We don't really like your A. Right. At least 10 House Republicans say they will not back any short-term spending resolution under any circumstance. Congressman Matt Gates from Florida leading the charge. McCarthy now blaming the Florida Republican for a lot of these issues. But when they stop the bills from coming up, and, he's, and if he votes against the continuing resolution, it's my fault? Well, see... Yeah. Wait, wait, this is my fault? As a leader, I don't know if that's always the best play. Not that he's not wrong. Not, but the, not my fault. Yeah, hey, don't blame me. <laughs> anyway, CNN reporting that during a closed-door meeting, McCarthy and Gates were just getting into it, just screaming at each other, yelling and all that. And in fact, a couple other Republicans getting involved, calling Gates a scumbag <laughs> to his face. So that's how it's going behind closed doors. Well, in McCarthy's defense, you have this small group of Republicans, are the same folks who held up his speakership. Yes. Right? And he kept going back and forth and back and forth. What is it that you need? And then he would say, okay, fine, I'll give you what you need. And then they'd be, yeah, but also this. And also this, right. and they, they just, they cannot be handled mm -hmm. and they can't, they, they refuse to compromise. And to what end? You're always skeptical as, as, as right. You should be of you know, what really Me? is oh, your yeah. goal here? Yeah. Like, what, what's the actual plan? Are you actually doing something for the betterment of the country right. or just for I you have to, to stand on a, this wall yeah, for America yeah. for what? or Why? are you a grandstander no. who's just blowing things and up? And usually it's the latter. So where does this put us? <laughs> they're racing to a deadline, 12.01 a.m. Eastern Sunday. And they're racing like they're in one of those family cookout three-legged races with blindfolds on and they're all running in different directions. So not a lot of progress is expected <laughs> With that dynamic at play. <laughs> All okay, right. the blindfolded sack race. That's a solid analogy. So basically the odds of something getting done. You're more likely to uh, go to the ER for a pogo stick related injury or become the president of the United States. Right, no, Wait, no, those were Powerball odds or something. Is that what <laughs> yeah, that was really for the Powerball. But I think both apply in this case. So who will be affected by the shutdown? Who is going to get hit the hardest. Up to four million federal workers could go without a paycheck. About half of them are military troops and personnel. The Pentagon calling a shutdown the worst case scenario. Also affected national parks and passport offices, which could close. A program that helps feed seven million women and their children, which would likely dry up in days. Now, we should point out that uh, most times, if not every time, back pay is put into the budget deals when they are done. So those who were furloughed would get paid ultimately. One group that is going to be affected, though, to pay attention to, air traffic controllers. We need more controllers, not less. So staffing is critical, and uh, piling on a shutdown and furloughed employees just exasperates the situation. Yeah, so roughly half of the controllers... there will still be air traffic controllers yeah, in the would, towers, yes. but they'll be in that group of having to go to work without mm -hmm. getting a paycheck. To your point, yes, they will ultimately probably get paid, but 
Man, if you're paycheck to paycheck, you got a mortgage to pay for, you got groceries to pay for. They're also sending furloughed, uh, or they're sending some of these um, these air traffic controllers that are at school. They're going through the process of Mm -hmm. being trained for one. They're sending them home. So if you're already short-staffed and you need to get in more, here you have those guys going home and those ladies going home. That's not good. So again, it's just a reminder, the shutdown. I am inevitable. It's going to happen. Brewers beat writer for MLB.com, Adam McKelvey, is our guest on Brewers 360, coming up at 745. So here is Britney Spears, Dancing with Knives, posted on video earlier this week. There she is, clinking the knives as she's dancing, spinning around. It's tantalizing. Anyway, she posts that, and she's wearing a very little, um, it's a very, uh, she's got a bikini bottom and a tight top as she's dancing around in her kitchen, posts this video. Well, now, sheriff's deputies called to her home for a welfare check because of that video. Called by whom, though? Do we know that? Investigators tell ABC the LAPD's mental health team got a call from someone who knows Spears, worried about her safety. Okay, so I'm somebody who actually knows her, not some well, loony fan. I don't fan. know. We all kind of know her, though. <laughs> <laughs> After she posted this social media video of her dancing with knives, I guess she posted another video later of her dancing, and like she appears to have like a little cut on her leg and a bandage on her hand, so maybe she hurt herself. With, in the dancing it, with knives? Yeah, so you're saying she's not good at it. Right. <laughs> So anyway, and actually, I will say this, Debbie, her dancing is on par. I mean, she clearly knows what she's doing. So then uh, they go to her house. The call was cleared. And Brittany basically goes to social media and says, I was copying Shakira. That's what she was doing. She was dancing like Shakira, who, for those who may or may not know, danced at the Video Music Awards MTV with, with knives as well. Okay, but that was like choreographed and a number and, and someone went, <laughs> they trained her in with the knives and things. You know what this is? This is just like Madonna. I'm telling you, when you get to certain superstardom, you are lonely, you are bored, and you need some type of attention. And this nobody's is how, talking about me right yeah, now. I'm in my kitchen, I'm bored out of my mind. I have nothing to do, nowhere to go, no one to talk to. I'm gonna post a video for all my fans of me doing anything so I can get some attention. I think that's what happened here. News is sponsored by Annex Wealth Management's Money Talk. It's heard Saturdays at 10, right here on WTMJ. At 7.42 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Earlier today, we'll bring it back at 8 o'clock. I was talking with Mike Grubich from LAK Group, local business consulting firm, about a new survey that showed more than a third of Americans are increasingly miserable at work. That doesn't mean the other ones aren't. It's just this group said in the last six months, things have actually gotten worse because of my job. Yeah, I see. I'm always curious about percentages like that, though, because if you ask anyone on any certain day, they're going to say, oh, my job, the the boss. Well, so if you text the word work to 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talk and text line, I can send you the link to the article and the follow-up that I did in podcast uh, with Grubich. But what's interesting is we did the story in the 6 o'clock hour, okay, and then we got one of the folks listening to the show, texted in, hit work, and we sent back the article. And then later, same person said, I actually heard about a job fair this morning on the news. Might you have the info? So clearly this Ah, is someone not real happy at work. So I hope... That we are able to help you with Great. that. Brewers beat writer for MLB.com, Adam McCalvey, is with us as we enter the final weekend of the regular season. Brewers 360 is next. 
Now, time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Mike Spaulding. A tale of two teams. Let's start with the bad news first, that being the Packers. They were manhandled by the Lions on Thursday night football to the tune of a 34-20 defeat at Lambeau Field. Packers falling to 2-2 two and two on the season. On the baseball diamond, the Brewers, well, they just keep on winning, shutting out the Cardinals 3 to nothing. Brewers welcoming the Cubs to American Family Field tonight for the final uh, three-game series of the regular season. Brewers Radio Network coverage at 635, first pitch 710, right here on WDTMJ. Brewers 360 is sponsored by Outdoor Living Unlimited. Our guest this morning from MLB.com, Brewers beat writer Adam McAlvey. All right, my friend, so we still don't know who the Brewers will play in that wild card round of the playoffs. We don't know what time our games are, but we do know it's what? The Cubs, the Diamondbacks, and the Marlins all vying for that spot, that opportunity? Yeah, it really right now looks like the Cubs and the Marlins are the the most likely sixth seed in the NL. And the crazy scenario is that the Marlins couldn't finish their game last night against the Mets because it rained and rained and rained in New York. The Marlins are up 2-1 in the ninth inning. And there's a possibility that if this weekend goes a certain way, Miami will have to fly back to New York on Monday to play four outs of a game to decide whether they go to Milwaukee next. Wouldn't that be amazing? So we might not even know till Monday. We should root for that, though, because then right. a tired, weary Marlins team flies into Milwaukee. Think about that. The exhaustion of you know not knowing, not knowing, the uncertainty, and then get on a plane, fly to New York, play you know for 10 minutes, then fly out to Milwaukee. I would love that scenario. Well, I think in general you do root for chaos on the other side because the other team wears out its pitching. Miami has this great young pitcher, Yuri Perez. Remember, he pitched in Milwaukee 6'8". Uh, he's shut down for the year. Sandy Alcantara is the Cy Young winner. He's shut down for Miami. So they're sort of thin on pitching. The Cubs' bullpen is very thin. But, look, you never know in this weird game, guys. I mean, I remember the Colorado Rockies a couple years ago when the Brewers played game 163 in Chicago. The Rockies were totally worn out. They had been, I think, in L.A. Then they come to Chicago for the wild card game. They win. And then, obviously, the Brewers knocked them out in the division series that year. But teams can get hot, especially when they are put their backs against the wall. So, I don't know. It's really interesting. Um, I think you do start to, in baseball, beat your head against the wall when you root for something uh, because you never know how that's going to turn out. So earlier this week, Adam, we uh, Eric asked uh, Brewers manager Craig Council for a progress report on Garrett Mitchell, young superstar, and he's like, hey, are we going to see, we going to have an opportunity to see him back here? And Count said no. He's like, not nah, he's yeah. not going to be available to us for the rest of the season. And there he was last night, took his first pitch since returning and jacked one. Uh, but w- what hap- what, what's changed for Garrett Mitchell? Well, I think they decided they just wanted to see some regular season games. I think they're trying to navigate this because Mitchell had a major injury, and I, I don't think that should be overlooked, a major shoulder surgery. And when that happens, I think they left the door open to him returning. That sometimes gives the player a light at the end of the tunnel to chase as he's going through this long rehab. I don't think anyone thought this was actually going to come to pass that he was able to put himself in a position to be in consideration for the postseason roster. And I think after kind of debating also the makeup of the roster in the last couple of days, how many pitchers and hitters they might carry, who the opponent might be and how many left-handed bats you might want and how much speed might play in a series like that. I just think there became a scenario where they decided, look, let's, Let's just see him 
in four regular season games. Let him test it out. Let's let our eyes tell us a little more information in addition to what the doctors are telling us about where he's at in his comeback. Um, and they opted to kind of change course a little bit. Things change fast when you get close to the postseason, and the tiniest little edge can make a difference in a series. So they're spending a lot of time debating the makeup of the postseason roster, and this is something they wanted to do. Adam, you've been covering this team for a long time now, so you've seen all of these postseason games. You've covered them closely. Tell us how this year, how this roster is different than any previous one and why we may have more hope potentially this year. Well, the postseason is all about overthinking everything that exists on paper. (laughs) We don't always agree, but the fun part about this is looking at everything on paper and the matchups and how teams might match up against each other. The strength of the Brewers is obvious. Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta. And that last turn when they all went through the rotation didn't go as planned in Miami last weekend, but on paper, that is super formidable. And the way that, remember, if they can get past this best of three in the first round, the division series has an extra off day baked in now into the schedule. You can use three pitchers if things line up right to get through an entire five-game series. So the Brewers could have those three horses for all potentially five of those games against the Dodgers if they can get into round two. And look, the Dodgers starting pitching is kind of a mess as well. So the Brewers are in a a good position with their pitching at the front end and, of course, at the back with Devin Williams if they can just score a little bit. And they did that over the last six weeks, and that's why they have hope that they can make a deep postseason run. Appreciate it, Adam. Looking forward to talking next week when we are actually in it and we have playoff baseball back here in Milwaukee. All right, see you guys. And by the way, we should mention, don't assume that everything's sold out next week. Oh, no, there, there, are tickets there, available. there are tickets you can get for any one of those Tuesday, games. Wednesday, Thursday, yeah. if we need it. Right? Mm-hmm. It'd be a two-game yep. series. If we lose one in there, I, I, I guess you could get swept, and then it'd be two games the other way. But no, could be as many as three games, and there are tickets still yep. available through the Brewers. 752, Mark Tauscher next on Wisconsin's Morning News. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. From the WTMJ Breaking News Center, we have breaking news this morning, Vince. California Senator Dianne Feinstein has died. Dianne Feinstein dying at the age of 90 years old, said to be a trailblazer in U.S. politics, also the longest-serving woman in the Senate. Dianne Feinstein passes away at the age of 90. NBC the first to report that. Uh, New York Times also posting that as well. We'll have a follow-up at the top of the hour here from ABC News. Idea man. I am out in West Lafayette, baby. Innovator. I don't know from a college city standpoint, it's definitely unique. Put it that way. And Packers Hall of Famer. You just go, you go to Ann Arbor, Columbus, Madison, you know, Minneapolis, St. Paul, and then there's West Lafayette. It's time for Tausch. Mark Tauscher on Wisconsin's Morning News. Presented by your Wisconsin Chevy dealers. Mark Tauscher on Wisconsin's Morning News, sponsored by your southeastern Wisconsin Chevy dealers. I'll say this in defense of the defense, Tausch, which I do believe should be better. (laughs) But man, when your offense only gets you three first downs in the first half and cannot retain possession and you're out there for a long time, your defense ain't going to be real good either. No, I I think what happened last night was kind of what I what I feared and what I was worried about. And you know, Detroit has built themselves up uh, to be a physical group up front on both sides of it. 
And you can say, you know, last night on our postgame show, it was a lot of negative Joe Barry, and you gave up over 200 yards rushing, which is completely unacceptable. But I think the thing through four weeks that I'd say I'm most concerned about from the Packers' standpoint is running the football on offense because it is complimentary, and you, you do uh, allow your defense to get tired when you cannot sustain drives. And right now it's been way too choppy. And the run game with the offensive line being a big part of the reason it's not been successful, that all carries itself over. And again, last night, just putrid when it came to what Green Bay was able to do on the ground. Aaron Jones being back, there's no excuses. And the, the run game just never got going. What's the deal with Quay Walker? I mean, so another penalty from him last night I don't think ultimately it really mattered but he he gave them another shot for the Lions to get into the end zone instead of kicking a field goal with his silly penalty do you not know the rules what do you have to do to get this guy not to have these brain farts well I mean with what happened last night I, I don't know if he knew the rule or if it was he thought he had a little more jump in him I mean he was as you just mentioned Vinny he was I mean the defense was out on the field all night and that was the fourth quarter you can jump over a guy, you just can't make any contact. So I don't look at this, but this is not even in the same realm as what we saw last year when he was getting angry with the doctor and he was doing stuff. He's working hard on that. Uh, last night, I think he was trying to make a play. You're down, he's jumping over, he wanted to block the right. field goal. I didn't have as big of a problem with that. It's the other stuff, and I think he has made some strides, but now when you're having a little frustration, uh, th- that's when you have to see where these guys are at mentally. Boy, Tosh, how quickly things change in the National Football League, too. Going into the season, offensive line would definitely have listed that as a strength for us. Then Bakhtiari can't get on the field. Je- uh, Elton Jenkins out. And, boy, those guys struggled up front. It, they did. It's, and it's been tough sledding. And it is, you know, you, you want to just say, well, the depth is good. Uh, when you start taking David Bakhtiari, who's an all-pro player, and it doesn't sound like he's going to be back, and Elton Jenkins, who is a big-time player, when you take those two players off your group, you're not going to be as good. And unfortunately, you know, teams are showcasing that, in the, especially the interior part of this uh, offensive line. There's going to be, I'm sure, over the course of the next 10 days before we go out to Vegas, a lot of uh, examination and review of what they could do to be better. No Badgers, no Packers this weekend. I don't know what Tosh is going to do with himself. Apple picking. Yeah, we'll doodle picking. Yeah, get out there, maybe get a pumpkin or two. It's, it'll be a nice, uh, maybe hit Home Depot, hit Fleet Farm. Who knows what we'll do this He's going to do it all. Bed, Bath & Beyond. Super. Da- yep. It's going to be Dadder Day tomorrow, you bet. <laughs> a lot of Dadder Day in coming up, yep. <laughs> nice job, my friend. We'll talk next week.